It's Easter, it's Easter. Hey, yeah, good morning and hello. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. This is my favorite day of the year. Woohoo! Let's start like we always do with a shout. What do we do? Love God and love others. What do we say? I love God and I love you. Amen, amen. I really do love God and I love each of you. And I hope everyone received an Easter package from me in the mail this week. There are uh, two things I really wanted uh, to include in, in your Easter box. I know you got some candy and some other stuff, and that's great. But really, I wanted to include that communion cup for each of you. I'm sure that you all waited to use the communion, since the letter did explicitly say, let us all take communion together during our worship service as we meet online on this Easter Sunday. So I'm sure everybody followed that rule. I, in fact, know that some people didn't, but it's okay. Jesus still loves you. The second thing I wanted to make sure that you had was this, uh, He Lives Resurrection Stone. In fact, I titled today's message, He Lives. So would you have that stone in hand today as we go through the sermon? It's going to actually be our sermon outline. So if you somehow didn't get one, uh, that's okay. Uh, feel free to grab any old stone and make your own. <laughs> in fact, I had to do this because uh, we were too short, uh, two stones short in my house. So I made one for my wife and I. Our first idea this uh, Easter sermon um, is about the stone. And the stone represents the stone that was rolled away on Easter morning. Here's the scripture for that. Check it out right here. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> so the stone was rolled away, but no body was in the tomb. Now you and I know what the empty tomb means, but they didn't. They just saw the stone had been moved. They certainly didn't comprehend what this meant. And they were not imagining that Jesus was alive. They probably thought the worst. Like someone had desecrated the grave, heaping insult to injury. Or worse, maybe someone had stolen the body and done God knows what with it. But isn't that how most of us are? In uncertainty, we jump to the negative. We see only a disruption of our plans, of our hopes. We see like how bad things have gotten, and now they're even worse. And often we forget that God might, he just might, be up to something bigger and better. You see, the stone that I've given you represents that uncertainty in their lives and in yours even today or in your future. When you come to an unplanned moment in your life, perhaps a difficult time, instead of allowing your mind to race to the negative, remember that God might, he just might have something in mind for you. It really does remind me of that scripture that sometimes uh, I use as a benediction. It comes from Ephesians chapter 3. Let's check it out right here. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, 
according to the power that is at work within us. When we trust God and follow Him, He has amazing things planned. Things we couldn't even dream of or plan on our own. Things that we wouldn't thought of or even begun to uh, conceptualize. See, at every juncture, in every unsure moment, look to God to see what He is doing in this crazy situation. The bewilderment of the rolled away stone gave way to a wonderment in reality. The stone I gave you also has an inscription, which reads, He lives. Or the one that you made yourself, it has an inscription now, He lives. This is the second idea for this today's Easter sermon. Would you look at uh, Matthew, who's recording this resurrection time about Jesus? This is in Matthew 28. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they went out to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for the angel of the Lord had come down from heaven. And going to the tomb, he rolled back the stone and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and they became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where, they, where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead and he's going on ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. And they ran to tell the disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. And they came to him and they they, they clasped his feet and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me also. Now what a shock and a surprise. They expected and they worried about the worst case scenario. But what happened in reality? The greatest miracle in human history. Sins paid for, Jesus triumphant and alive. He lives. The stone you have has the exact phrase, He lives. Again, as a reminder of the power of God to do the impossible. To rise from death to life, conquering the power of sin in the grave. Because He lives, these next two realities are true for each one of us. The first comes from Romans 8:11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because his spirit lives in you. Because he lives, I will live also. Everyone who places their faith in Jesus will have eternal life. The Bible is incredibly clear on this point. All who believe and receive will have life just as Jesus has life. He lives so I can live. And also this. Check out Hebrews chapter 7. 
But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. We always have someone on our side. Jesus cannot be held down. He cannot be contained. He cannot be killed. And because he lives, he will constantly intercede for us. He steps in and takes our sin, but then he stands up for us and he speaks on our behalf. Because he lives, I live eternally, but I also can live well now. It reminds me of this old song from the 1960s. Uh, do me a favor right now, uh, would you? And would you just hold on to that uh, resurrection stone? Put it in your hand that he lives as you listen to my friend David, who has something to share with you. David, would you sing for us? God sent his song. He called him Jesus. He came to love. song was written by Gloria Gaither in the 1960s. Gloria says this about that song. Because He Lives was written in the midst of social upheaval, threats of war, and betrayals of national and personal trust. It was into this world at such a time that we were bringing our third little baby. Assassinations, drug traffic, and war monopolized the headlines. It was in the midst of this kind of uncertainty that the assurance of the Lordship of the risen Christ blew across our troubled minds like a cooling breeze in the parched desert. And she wrote that song, but she even talked cool. Here's what God spoke to our JRC staff about this very song. I often forget how powerful the hymns are. Don't get me wrong, 
I love contemporary worship music, but hymns, there's just something special and meaningful about them. It's as if every single word was chosen thoughtfully and carefully to show a specific purpose for us. And you know, from my years of study, I've learned that all world religions basically say the same thing. You need to do better and make it to heaven, or you need to follow these rules or principles so that you can reach your final destination. But this song says the opposite. We don't go to God. It says God sent his son, Jesus, and he didn't send Jesus to accuse us, blame us, or condemn us. The hymn says he came to love, he came to heal, and he came to forgive. No other religion says that God decided to draw near to me. In addition, no other religion has the magnitude of physical evidence to prove its validity and truthfulness. See, Christianity has actual empty grave. Everyone knows where Muhammad is buried. We know where Buddha is buried. We know where Joseph Smith and Confucius are buried. We know where every famous person is buried, but Jesus, who is undoubtedly the most famous historical person of all time, and we have no clue where he is buried because the empty grave proves my savior lives. The hymn doesn't stop with proof. It continues to show us why this is important to us. Why is it meaningful to humanity? Well, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Right now, during this coronavirus global pandemic, the number one emotion everyone's feeling right now, fear. And fear makes it hard to face tomorrow but because he lives, we can fearlessly face tomorrow. Why? The hymn tells us why. Because I know he holds the future. See, everyone is scared and afraid right now because we're finally discovering that we don't hold the future. We can't control the outcome. We can't predict what's gonna happen to us or our loved ones. But if God who came to love, heal, and forgive is holding the future, then I know he's also holding me. Ultimately, as the hymn says, we can live because he lives. Meaning, it's not what if I die. With Jesus, it's even if you die, yet will you live. As Philippians chapter 1 says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To depart and be with Christ is far better. Because he lives, I know I can live. Meaning, I can live without fear that even if I die and depart to be with him is far, far better. And all this is made possible simply because he still lives. As I sit with this song and I pray over it, what stands out for me is the chorus and the words that follow after. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. The world we live in is hopeless. The world we live in is broken. The world we live in is filled with sin, filled with despair. It can seem almost impossible to keep going. But because Jesus lived, because he rose again on that third day, I know I can face that. I know he's by my side. I know that he loves me. I know that in him is hope. I know that in him is comfort. I know that in him is healing. And I find joy in that. And I hope you find joy in that as well. Uh, I liked at the beginning when he said that God sent his son, they called him Jesus. 
the name Jesus has so much significance for us believers because he's the name, you know, above all other names. And it doesn't matter you know, how you say it, you know, Yeshua, Yasu, Jesus. It really has that personal, personal meaning for all the believers. And then I noticed another thing too. My favorite line in the song is when he says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I really felt that because for me, it's either like Jesus or the sin that was ruining my life. And I really feel grateful for Jesus because now I'm not ruining my life. And then at the end of the song, he says, and life is worth the living just because he lives. And that's kind of what I mean. And then the other thing I noticed was that this crowd is huge and it's so awesome that there's so many people gathering together to worship God, but it's probably not more than a hundred thousand people. In the Bible, it says that 10 or that 10,000 times 10,000 angels are circling the throne, which is a hundred million. And then of course, it's going to be all the people throughout human history, whoever got saved. So that's just going to be one huge worship event for all of eternity. And I'm super stoked. Um, to be worshiping God in that way. Me? I say it's a sad tune, but with the happiest of lyrics written in them. And I love that juxtaposition. It resonates right with my knowing that, that I don't deserve Him. I don't deserve eternity. And yet, He died and rose again for me. On my own, I can't even imagine, I can't even manage my day to day, let alone attain heaven. But Easter reminds me that it's not based on me. It's based on the fact that he lives so I too can live. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. All fear is gone. I mean, tomorrow can look pretty scary. Maybe some of you are graduating college soon or trying to find a spouse or Get that career going. Maybe you're having your first kid or another kid. How about the job market and the stop market and the empty market without TP? They can all be scary. Maybe you watched your retirement plan evaporate over the last few weeks and then it came back and then it evaporated again. Holy heart attack. Some of, the th some of you are facing challenges upon challenges. Like the stay-at-home order, yes, plus sick loved ones, or navigating hospital visits, or even funerals. But because He lives, there is hope in the middle of it all. I can face tomorrow because Jesus lives. All fear is gone because Jesus lives. Life is worth the living just because He lives. Because He lives, there's purpose. There's meaning. We're not just floating aimlessly around the cosmos. Because He lives, we all have a greater purpose to love God and love others. Because of Easter, because He lives. I know that my eternity is set. I know that I am loved. I know that I have value. I know that He has some cool plans for my life. Even if I die in 10 minutes, it only gets better. No matter what happens, I can face tomorrow because He lives. Today after Easter service, we'd normally hang out, we'd enjoy the taco man, we'd have a lot of fun together, and we'd bless one another. Since we don't have that this morning, 
I'm going to ask you that you would intentionally bless some people in a little bit different way. Would you take a few moments after the online service is over, after hanging out with Supermodel Sam, to just bless one another? Go around as a family and pray out loud over each member. For example, pray for mom first. So dad prays for her out loud. Then child one prays for her. Then child two or how many ever you have. And then move on to the next person. Please take as much time as you need to really pray for one another. Then after that, would you as a family pray for Jericho Road Church and our friends here? And then lastly, would you pray over this world as we join more than 2 billion people celebrating Jesus' resurrection today? If you're watching this alone, I'm going to challenge you to do the exact same thing. Just do it via video call with your parents or your close friends. I know it's a bit of a pain, but I believe in you. What a beautiful reminder today that because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Let's finish today by worshiping together.